when you were in like high school age, what did you think your life was going to look like? Uh, high school age, I was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So <laughs> look at that. I, I, I that is I, not I an I'd answer. <laughs> That's not an answer that? I get very often. Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm super excited to bring an amazing interview to you with Shaheen. Shaheen is a serial entrepreneur who left home at 15 years old, slept on the streets, and eventually created over a billion dollars in revenue by the time he was 18 with his herbal ecstasy business. He is currently the CEO and chairman of Accelerated Intelligence, which is an Amazon marketing and advertising agency which helps countless companies and individuals taking products and companies from zero to millions of dollars. He is the founder of Podcast Cola, a podcast booking agency, and has his own podcast called Hack and Grow Rich. I am super excited to dig into not only just the mindset, but also the tactical things that we get to do to take what we're doing to that next level so that we can impact the lives of everybody that we are supposed to impact along our path. I'm super excited to dig into this topic with Shaheen. Before we jump into that, I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Group Coaching Program. I am, We're starting another round of the group coaching program in September. If you are somebody who is looking to connect with others who can lift you up to that next level of success, if you're ready to overcome the mindset blocks that are keeping you from sharing your services, solutions, and talents with the world, if you are ready to finally design your life and have the courage to live it, then let's have a conversation and find out what path works best for you so that you can have the life that you've always wanted. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation. Shaheen, thank you so much for jumping on the show with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Amber. Nice to be on. I'm excited to have you here. So what I like to do is start with all of my guests and find out like what it is that you actually thought your life was going to look like when you were a kid. Cause I feel like we have these grand ideas when we're, you know, teenagers and we know everything about what life's supposed to be. Um, and then we realize the world just doesn't work that way. So when you were in like high school age, what did you think your life was going to look like? Uh, high school age, I was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So <laughs> look at that. I, I, I that is I, not I an I'd answer. <laughs> That's not what an answer that? I get very often. High school age. Yeah. I mean, I dropped out. So my family and I came here as immigrants from Iran and it was during Iran Contra. So we left at a very tumultuous time in politics and history. And this was the early 1980s, just 1980, roughly. And I was just a kid and we came to this country and I noticed all the affluence around me 
but my dad was just working normal jobs. He was working at a pizza shop. We were just trying to get by. We were poor, but around us was all this wealth. And I thought to myself, man, one day that's going to be me. That'll be me driving the Lamborghini. That'll be me with the big house and eating out of restaurants and doing all that stuff that I, I imagined rich people did. I, I had no idea what rich people did, but I just <laughs> assumed from what I saw. And, you know, in a relatively short time, I left home and went out to seek my fame and fortune. And I was in Venice Beach uh, during Venice's crazy renaissance period where things were really changing dramatically here. And there was a lot of gentrification. And I started my first company, which was Herbal Ecstasy. And before I knew it, before I think like my 18th birthday, the company was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And shortly thereafter, we broke a billion dollars in revenue. So that's kind of the trajectory of my life. But when I was a kid, I guess, looking back, I thought, I thought I would, like when I was really young, I thought I would be the world's greatest martial artist, <laughs> like Bruce Lee, because I was a huge fan of Bruce Lee. Like he was, he was the ultimate hero. So I managed to brush up on my nunchuck skills only to learn later that that doesn't get you very far in life. And chicks don't really dig it that much. They really much don't dig they were. It's such a fascinating story because we live in a world where we're taught that the only way to have that type of success is to go to college and to get a job and to do all of these things. And then we get past that path and realize that there was a whole nother way to do it. When you dropped out of school and you started going this alternate path, was this on your mind that you could be successful other ways or were you just kind of figuring it out as you went? Yeah. Look, Amber, I was sink or swim. And I tell people this all the time. I am and was a very extreme person. My decision to leave home was not lightly. I had nowhere to go, nowhere to live. And so my determination to succeed was backed up by the fact that there was no other option. And that pretty much brought me to this sense of other people can fail, but I cannot. Mm -hmm. I will not. Has that been something that's been ingrained in you from like just DNA wise? Or did you pick that up somewhere, do you think, where failure for you is not an option? I can't speak to my DNA. My folks are uh, we're Persian Jews. We came here during the uh, Islamic Revolution, fearing that you know potentially the Holocaust could happen again. That was kind of the the overbearing thought that a lot of uh, Iranian Jews had at that time. And so I don't know what that leads to. But growing up in the third world, you do become more gritty. We did not have any of the things that the first world had and certainly none of the things that they have now. So mm -hmm. you just learn to suck it up and, and go out there and, you know, someone hits you, you whack them back and you, <laughs> know, you just become tough that way. So you'll notice a lot of people who come from Asian countries, Southeast Asian countries, you know, I come from Iran, which is technically in Asia, any of those places, you'll notice that people have a, a different kind of grit to them than people who are brought up here with all things that they're given. 
Yeah, I've said that for a while because um, I'm also an immigration attorney. We talked about that a little bit before we jumped on. And nothing gives you perspective about life more than sitting across the table from somebody who has had to endure things that you couldn't even imagine in your worst nightmares. And then you look at what we have and what we grow up with and you realize that like, even in the worst of situations, we have things that other people would, you know, climb mountains for. Yeah, it's, tr it's, it's true. So I guess I came from that. So maybe not DNA, but kind of at a, at a, early development stage i came from that but but then also kind of going into the world and really starting from zero i had nobody i had nothing i had to create a business from zero and i knew that if there was comfort for me to go back to i wouldn't last a day so i cut all the comfort out all of them and i went out there with a do it or die attitude and i did it when do you think your mindset shifted from that failure's not an option mentality to more of a growth is going to happen? Like, I feel like failure is not an option always sits there, but in order to be as successful as you've been at some point, you have to switch from this fear-based, I'm not going to fail to this future-based growth is what I'm looking for. When do you think that shift happened for you? Failure is not an option is always there, right? And in the initial phase where you have to go from zero to a million dollars, right? Or zero to a hundred thousand or zero to 10,000, failure is not an option is all you have. You got to go out there and you got to hit, hit that nail on the head with whatever you can for it to go down. If it's a hammer, great. If you don't have a hammer, it's a rock. If you don't, you're hitting that fucking thing with a potato. It doesn't <laughs> matter. That nail is going in, right? You might have to drive it with your fingernails. It's going in. But then there comes a certain point, I think, in the journey, in our path as entrepreneurs, where you come to a knowledge of yourself. You know you can do it. You know you've done it. You're stable financially. Your pillars are stable, right? You've got all your needs are met. You've got a good amount of disposable income, and you've got a good amount of income that you could burn, and it wouldn't really matter. So when you get to that place, right, that's usually, I feel for me, when the mind sh mindset shift happened, where now I take things a lot slower. I leave a lot more deals on the table. I don't take every deal that comes my way. In fact, I turn away more students, more deals than come to me than I accept just because I realize I've got a limited amount of time on this planet and I know who I am. I know my worth. I know how to make money. You could take and this is one of the common traits of millionaires and billionaires, uh, all, all the friends that I have that have achieved these, these really big heights of success, I could tell you could drop them off anywhere with just a shirt on their back and they would come back in a few years and they'd be right back where they are. And yeah. I know I could, I could do that. So now what I focus on is lifestyle um, and growth, like you're saying, growth mindset and also coaching other people, encouraging other people. And I've got a course. Uh, it's an Amazon course. I'm, I'm one of the leading Amazon experts in the country. So I teach people how to create recurring revenue streams so you can create that FU money. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, what you want is the FU money. You want yeah. to be able to walk into that. I know it's called the corporate. What, what's it called? The corporate? Uh, more, than more than corporate podcast. Yeah. 
right? But ultimately, I've never met anybody who's been in a in a corporate setting, with the exception of a couple CEOs that are running the company that would love to go in and give the middle finger to everybody mm-hmm. and walk out Kevin Spacey style, right? Yeah. Or Fight Club style. Those are the yeah. two great quitting scenes of all time. But they can't because they have them on that hamster wheel. It's so true. And I love that you mentioned that because um, coming from the legal community, I've gotten such a great insight into what happens when you invest so much of yourself getting to that pillar of your profession, right? And I feel like the corporate ladder is very similar to the professional service provider ladder, where once you're there, that decision to leave ways not only financially, but time invested as well. Like I worked so hard to get here. Isn't there a way I can make this work? And I, I love that you're talking about like at some point in time, you get to cut those strings and say, this is not going to provide me the life that I want. How can it? And taking that leap, like I'm not a big fan of just saying, you know, burn the, burn the boats and take away the all, all of your cash flow, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you have to be able to keep a steady income with the mindset of burn the boats at the same time, which is a really interesting place to be. Yeah, I think making money is an interesting one. I know uh, there's a guy I follow, Naval Rakavit, I think it's pronounced. He's a VC in Silicon Valley, and he talks about this a lot. And there's a lot of guys kind of in, in that space talking about it. Money is very interesting because most to most people, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. right? And they don't understand how you make money. I remember when I made my first million bucks and then this dude walks into my office, right? And he's like an attorney, it's, you, you'll like this. And he had this like really nice suit and he had a nice car and all these like things. And he felt so much higher than me. I, I, I When I made my first million bucks, I had gone to the store just prior to that and bought eight sets of medical scrubs all in all in blue because and that's all I wore because I didn't want to spend time thinking about what I'm wearing or if my clothes were mm. comfortable and I also knew that if people saw me anywhere and they see you in 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 medical scrubs they automatically respect you because they assume you're a doctor in the medical field so I just wore that all the time except when I had an interview then I put on like t-shirts and shorts but so this guy's sitting there I'm there in these scrubs Super calm. And I'm looking at it and I, I feel like he's so much higher than me. And I just said, dude, how much do you make? And he was like, what? what? And I said, yeah, how much do you make? Said, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know how much you make. And he said, oh, well, last year I brought in 80,000. This was in the 90s. And I was like, I can make that over fucking lunch, man. Like, and, and how, how long did you go to school? He's like eight years. And I'm like, Fuck. I mean, I didn't say it in an arrogant way to him. I didn't say that part to him that I could make, but I was thinking to myself, I could make that over lunch. And then I thought to myself, like, man, there's like so much complexity around that. But what's the difference between him and me? Right. He has a, a, a very well paid for education. He's, you know, gone to college. He's got the network, the connect, all that stuff. But I've kind of figured out how the system works, right? I found a, a back door to the golden egg machine and it's just dropping those golden eggs for me. And once you figure that out, and I, I teach this to my Amazon students, I teach this to uh, the people who I coach and mentor. Once you figure that out, making money is, is an after effect yeah. of what you do. It's not something that you struggle to get to. 
initially there is some struggle. There is some fight. You got to kind of get out there and do things that you're uncomfortable with. But once you figure it out, you go, holy fuck, like I should have, like, why didn't I do this earlier? Yeah. It's so true. And I know for me, like one of the biggest challenges was in all of the things that I had done, money was something that people gave to me for an exchange of my hard work. Right. So it was an employer that was saying, okay, you gave me this many hours and now I'm going to give you this paycheck. And when I opened my own business reluctantly, I never wanted to be a business owner. And I was so fed up with like, I was going to go back to bartending and I was like, you know what, let me hang my shingle out. Cause if I don't open my own firm now, who knows? Um, and the first time I had to ask somebody to give me money, I'm like, but what, what have I done to deserve this yet? And that was a huge hurdle that I had to get over is that like, people will give me money just to give me money because of a promise of value later yeah. on down the road. I don't have to work 40 hours for them and then get paid later. Like it was so weird. That's right. The biggest mistake you can make in life is selling your hours for money. Mm -hmm. Initially, you might have to do it. I tell people this all the time. People come to me, they're like, dude, I want to do your FBASellerCourse.com. By the way, FBASellerCourse.com for anyone that's interested. I want to do it. I want to learn how to sell on Amazon. I want to learn how to make money like you are. You know, I want to have 300 products and I want to be on the beach, you know, with my family and, and having money coming into the register. I want to do that. And I go, okay, cool. How much money do you have in the bank? They're like, oh, like 2000 bucks. I'm like, dude, you don't need Amazon. No, no, you don't need my course. No, no, you need fucking Uber. Go out there and drive <laughs> Uber and get 10 grand in the bank. These days with this job market, this hot, just post COVID as we're recording or you know, I don't want to say post COVID because it seems like it'll never end, but right. where, we're, where we're at now, like there's so many opportunities to make money. There's mm-hmm. so many chances to just go out there and make money and save and, and eat top ramen and, and, and stay at home and don't freaking go out. Don't buy drinks. Don't buy coffee. Save your money, get 10 grand and start a business. And, and, and if you can do that, sure, you might fail, but you, I, I tell you one thing. There's probably 90% chance that you fail, but if you don't do it, there's a hundred percent chance that you fail. And you fail with knowledge, right? Like I, um, was just telling somebody the other day, I go back and forth between going back to a government job. I get offered jobs at the public defender's office all the time. And I'm like, God, it would be so nice to not have to worry about making money to just be able to practice law. And then I'm like, you're going to pay me how much? (laughs) Like, what is, what is this max out at? Like forever? <laughs> um, and then, then I'm like, and, and how many weeks can I take off per year? And then I'm like, okay, so pick your problems, right? Um, and it's, it's so true that people don't have, for the most part, a value or a product issue. They have an issue asking people for money because of the way that we've been raised of how money is earned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that teach systems for people who have service businesses. That's not one of the things that I do, but ultimately it's that same, you know, hammer in the nail. Like you got to go out there and figure out what you're going to do. And it really has to either be a product or a service or you go work for the man, like you're saying, right? You're never going to get rich working for anybody else. You're not, unless you want to be high level CEOs and those are few and far in between, you better off going and making that big Hollywood movie and making your money. Your chances are better, right? So 
ultimately you're going to have to have a product or a service. What's that going to be? Mm-hmm. And look, we were talking about success and wealth and you were asking me, Hey, when was the moment you knew this and you knew that? And the fact is success as an entrepreneur is non-linear. It's not the kind of thing where you're like, yo, I'll do- yeah, it's, it all fell on my numbers. I made the money. Good. I'm good. And then you're on yeah. the beach with the coconut, right? That's what they show you. Yeah. On, on TV. That's what they show you in the movies. But the fact is you might have a really great month, a great year, a great five years, and a really shitty next five years. Mm-hmm. It's a journey. And all that matters is that the aggregate of your wins by far outweigh the aggregate of your losses. That's all that matters. Everything else is forgotten. We, we never hear about the shots that Michael Jordan missed. Yeah. We only see his successes. And that's the lens that the world will see you through. And, and, and really the way we see ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I love about this is I'm just imagining this amazing podcast that you have, Hack and Grow Rich. And I, I love it because um, nothing against Think and Grow Rich. I think it's an amazing concept. It's an amazing book. It's an amazing process. It's bullshit. You can just say it. It's bullshit. It, yeah. it is kind of bullshit. The problem is that people stop at thinking right? They're like, oh, let me think about this for a little bit. And then let me think about something else. And they haven't learned how to just act, learn from their mistakes, act again, which is what I think when I think of just hacking your way to the point where you've made it. Yeah. And look, I've got multiple copies of, uh, of think, think and Grow Rich sitting right here, right? But the fact is all that personal development, self-help, all that stuff is great. But it's bullshit until you get out there and take action. You got to go out there and do something. You can. Yeah. I know people who are professional book readers. They just sit around. Yes, I was one. Courses. There you go. They I was one courses. for so long. They buy courses. They do all this stuff and they don't take action. That's why when somebody comes on, comes on board like our FBASellerCourse.com and they sign up for the course, the first thing we do is we have them take action. If they don't, we kick them out of the course. Right. Yeah. And by the way, for your listeners, for anybody who's interested in selling on Amazon, creating a recurring stream of revenue, I've got a one hour course shows you everything from A to Z. I'm going to give it to everybody on this podcast for free because I know oh, that you guys wow. are more than corporate. So use the code more than corporate and reach out to me. Uh, I'm going to give you my email is D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com and it's FBA sellercourse.com. I'll give you the one-hour course just so you can get going. It's it's normally 200 bucks. We're going to give it to everybody for free, no credit card, no obligation. I just want to see you guys start your, your own forms of recurring revenue. And look, sometimes you're going to need a hustle. You're going to need two hustles. to And, and you make your job your hustle, and the thing that you're doing uh, that's going to bring you money without you selling your hours, that's, that's going to be your main thing in time. So, yeah, so reach out. Yeah. And for those of you who are watching this live stream or watching the YouTube after that information is on the screen, for those of you who aren't, it's going to be in the show notes. Um, so what with, um, talking about products and services, um, one of the cool things about that I love about talking to people on this show is that everybody has such a wide variety of things that they can offer because they figured out what tools 
and knowledge do I have that somebody else can use? So similar to you, you have, you know, the selling on Amazon, the courses there, you have the podcast booking agency, you have the podcast itself. So let's talk about that for just a minute. One of the conversations that I've had with people that frustrates me is, um, you can't have a plan B, you can't have a plan B. And people hear that and they say, I got to dedicate my life to this one thing. And then I meet all these entrepreneurs and they're doing 9 million things. How do you separate the two? Yeah. So, so it's a blessing and a curse. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a lot of energy like you do, you're going to have a lot of things that are going to pique your interest because you see presumably spend some amount of your time researching things that are just fascination, maybe never have a hope of making money. And then there's like, I'm a fan of world history and I'm, I'm addicted to podcasts and, and books on history and Egyptian history and Celtic history and Viking, all that stuff. I know I'm never going to make money from that stuff, but it's my fascination. So I follow it. I make it a point to spend a certain amount every day researching about that stuff in depth. I go into a rabbit hole. Why? Because it releases the pressure from me having to do anything uh, relating to work for that. I don't want to work on that, right? I also, I'm a practitioner of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, which is a martial art. And I enjoy doing that for myself. Never would want to be in the business of martial arts, but I do it because it releases that level of pressure. And then I can focus on the things that are making me money. So the things that I focus on first and foremost are low hanging fruit. Why? Because low hanging fruit gives us these feedback loops. We work in feedback loops. If you're putting out, putting out, putting out and getting nothing in return, that's the kiss of death for most people. They will, they will stop and they will go to the thing that's shiny, that's giving them the mm. most attention, even though it's not the thing for them in the long run, the best thing for them in the long run. So what do we have to do? Well, I, again, I teach this to my students. We teach it in our course. It's we have to find how to close that feedback loop initially so that we get that positive reinforcement. So we go for low-hanging fruit. For example, with Amazon, I say, hey, you got a lot of good ideas. You've got 10 different products you want to do. Which is the one that'll bring you the most money in the shortest period of time? Okay, and they go, well, this one. Okay, perfect. So that's the one we're going to go with because you want to get some money. You want to get some sales. It closes that feedback loop. It excites you to go back to selling more. And then now we can prolong the size of that loop. We can extend it out and, excuse me, we can extend it out and, now you can, you can have greater delayed gratification. But in order to, to fully appreciate delayed gratification, you got to have some hits right away. And yeah. it, it, it's a quick release of dopamine, and it's how it works. So the way I do it, and I'm going to give you um, one word that is the ultimate hack to how you can solve this problem forever. Are you ready? I am always ready, yes. Okay. It's got two letters. No. <laughs> yeah get used to saying it and get used to hearing it i'm sure yeah and i've got a variation of that it's fuck no <laughs> um, which i actually have posted in here so i i had the sign up in my wall until my eight-year-old made me take it down because he said it's bad words dad it said um <laughs> if it's not hell yes it's fuck no yeah and i gotta be really excited about something i mean it's really gotta tickle me in all the right ways for me to say, as, as my friend Sanyika reminds me, I'm all in. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm usually good. I'm good saying no. I'm good being delayed. 
I hate, yeah. in person, you know, I, um, unless it's with one of my friends that I care about, I hate in-person meetings. They take all day. They I do. hate, I hate group meetings, company meetings. We don't do it in any of my companies. We don't do it. You got something to say, fucking say it or go away. Like <laughs> you don't know how to do your job. I don't know how to do your job. Find somebody who does and quit seriously, because time is short and there's a lot of cool shit I want to do. And then I just do the stuff that I want to do because I don't need it for the money right now. Um, I like money. I enjoy it. I don't need any more of it. So I can do whatever I want. And the funny thing with that is it creates more money yeah. because I have that attitude. I coach people to make money on Amazon because I love it. The greatest kick I get is when someone calls me and says, hey, I just went in, gave my boss a middle finger, and I'm making seven figures now uh, selling my Amazon products. Amazing. Yeah. If somebody tells me, hey, I decided to become an author, sell my books, you know, do, do my podcast, and you're getting me booked through Podcast Cola, which is our other company uh, in the hottest media in the world, you know, booking people on podcasts. So, so you got me booked on this show and that show, and I'm getting a great ROI from it, and, and all my stuff's blowing up. I love doing that stuff. Yeah. The second it ceases to be interesting, I'll sell it or get rid of it or do something else. Yeah. You know, you said something that I think is super important to hit on, and it's that separation between what you love to do for stress relief and what you love to do for a business. Because I feel like there's a rhetoric out there right now um, in the personal development space of find what you love to do and make a business out of it. And that is a recipe for disaster in my world. Like the, there's got to yeah. be this level of, am I willing to turn this hobby into a business? And That's there's right. a ton of answers that that should be no to. Yeah. 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 Look, I was a day trader for a number of years and I <laughs> traded hundreds of millions of dollars of heavily leveraged commodities, gold, oil, pork bellies, coffee, all that stuff. And here's the thing that I learned. I had a badass system. I mean, I, I was making money. I had multiple monitors set up in this beautiful loft in downtown LA. This is before high-speed internet was so easy. I had them bring in what was called a T1 line, so I could get super <laughs> fast internet. The good old T1s. The good old T1s. Remember, it was like 1500 bucks a month or something, and I like they had to bring it into my building, and it was a whole production. And I mean, I was making money. I was doing good. And the th I would fire up all my stuff. I'd be up at whatever it was. I think it was 6 a.m. The market opened. And I'd look and there'd be nothing. And I'd look and there'd be nothing. And I'd be like, man, I got to make a trade. I got all this equipment. I got all my systems, my algorithms, like yeah, I got to make a trade. And the few times that I didn't resist the urge and I made the trade, I ended up losing money. And the thing that I learned is that you make the most money from the deals that you leave on the table. Mm -hmm. And it's the deals that you leave behind. Why? Because you're not losing money and that's okay. So you got to think about business like that. Not every deal is going to be right for you. And not everything you're interested in is, is going to be the low-hanging fruit. And it's, it's a recipe for ruin, as you suggested, Amber. Yeah. Um, and that goes directly into you know the people who we talked about earlier, your professional readers, where there's your professional personal development junkies as well that yeah. – um, what is so hard to accept sometimes is that FOMO that we want so bad is yeah. what people 
capitalize on to sell you the next program that they want you to take advantage of. And the moment that I stepped back and said, and it took help, man, I was working with my business coach and I had to make a commitment to her that I would not invest in another program without talking to her because I had like 97 things going at a time. Because we're like, oh, well, this is going to give me everything that I need to do things better. And then this one's going to give me everything that I yeah. need to do things better. And I feel like business is the same way. Like you only have so much time to give. What energy are you going to give to it? What money are you going to give to it? Where does it go? And in order for us to make those decisions, we have to be willing to potentially miss out on something. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's not to say don't take courses. I mean, I spend so much money on courses and me books too. and all this stuff. But you just got to fucking do it. Like, and it's got to be strategic. And, and, and like you said earlier, you got to take the action, right? Yeah. Like you got to actually do the shit if you're going to buy the course. Otherwise, like right. the next course isn't going to be the magic bullet that lets <laughs> you figure it out without doing the shit, right? That's right. So, um, so for you with podcasting, um, I'm really interested to hear about your podcast booking agency because I feel like this is a world where so much of it is done wrong. And I love talking to people that I can tell, understand human connection enough to do it right. What about, what was it that caused you to say, man, I really want to get into this place where I can connect people who have something to say with a platform where they can say it on and create a win-win for everybody. Yeah. So, um, Anyone that's interested in my story, by the way, how I created a drug in my teens and made over a billion dollars in revenue, check out my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult. We just got a movie deal, so the film will be oh, coming awesome. out. Yeah, it takes a couple years for films to come out, but there'll be a film about it. Read the book first. There's an audio book on Audible. It's called Billion, How I Became King of the Thrill Pill Cult by Shaheen Shayan. Check it out. Shayan spelled C-H-E-Y-E-N-E. -E. Uh, so I wrote my book. And I did get offers from publishers, but I decided to self-publish because I just wanted it out. Publishers take forever. It takes like two years for them to put the book out. And again, didn't really care about the money. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. So we self-published. We uh, put the book out and I'm like, all right, so now I got to promote this thing. How am I going to do it? So I hired a company. I was like, podcasts are cool. Let me do that. And they were booking me on two, maybe three podcasts a month. And I was like, okay, well, they're and they charge a lot of money. And I thought, well, this is cool. And I'm getting a lot of good response from podcasts. So let me look into this podcasting thing. And I looked into the podcasting thing. And then pretty soon I was like, why am I paying these people thousands of dollars? I'm going to fire them and I'm just going to do it myself. And I started doing it and I didn't get hits. And I realized, huh, what's the difference? Well, nobody wants a guy that represents himself. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, why don't I start an agency? So I hired a, hired a couple girls, publicists, and I said, hey, you guys um, take this training. And I got them a, a PR course and a podcast course. And at this stage, I had built an algorithm of how to, how to get lists, how to build relationships with podcasters and whatnot. And I said, start pitching me. And they started pitching me, and it worked. The second somebody else credible is representing you, all of a sudden, everybody wants to have you on their mm -hmm. show. So I did close to 250 podcasts uh, for my book release for billions. And it became a, one of the, the best-selling books online. And we sold so many. And I got this film deal based on that. And now the Audible book is doing really well. So people started coming to me just out of the blue and saying, dude, how did you do that? 
how did you get on all those shows? I want to do it. And so I said, hey, you know, I mean, we could do it for you. They said, oh, cool. Yeah, do it for us. And so we started doing that. And by now, you know, we've got a bunch of clients. We've got everybody from authors and speakers to we've got attorneys. You should be a client. Doctors, people from all walks of life. Why? Because all the other types of online advertising are a little bit done right now. Mm -hmm. Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff is very expensive. And once people see your ad and scroll over it, they're done. What happens with the podcast? You get to sell through the power of telling stories. So you get to come into somebody's home. You get to come with somebody to the gym as they're working out and whisper your message in their ear for, for one hour, two hours, mm -hmm. three hours. They get to know you. You become a friend. How many guys out there feel like they know Joe Rogan? Yeah. They feel like they've had many beers with him. They know nothing about him but they yeah. feel like they know him. Why? Because he's always in their ear and anything he tells them to buy, they will run and buy it by the droves because it's your friend. It's uncle Joe. <laughs> selling it to you. You know, he's a bud and he's brilliant in that way. He single-handedly changed the face of podcasting. And with that said, uh, it's, it's really, I think one of the, the most powerful mediums to sell your product or service. Now it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to build reputation. It takes time to master your story. But once you do it, you've got uh, these stories about you that live online forever. It's evergreen. So yeah. six months for you to do a podcast today, the show that we're doing today, someone's going to be reaching out to me in the future. Hello, future friend. Uh, six months from now and being like, man, I want to go to fbasellercourse.com or email Shaheen at darkzess at gmail.com. D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S -S at gmail.com using the code more than corporate and getting his free course or getting his free program or someone will go on podcastcola.com and book, book a 15 minute session with one of our publicists so that we can give them a free media strategy. Yeah. You know, podcasting really is, you know, this podcast at this point is two years old, um, almost two and a half years old, and it has provided more relationships for me than I ever could have imagined because you're right. Like where else, if I was to call you up and say, Hey, Shaheen, I want to have a conversation with you. Um, can we just grab a cup of coffee? Like, first of all, you're going to tell me no, because that's the number one thing that people ask for when they want free advice for shit. Um, but number two, I'm going to get maybe 10 minutes of your time. Like where in the world do you get to build relationships with people for um, an hour at a time? Because you have this platform where it's, you know, creating this place, like you just said, for the guest, where forever they will have content that they can use however they want to, right? That's they right. will have content they can use. And I feel like this is, in my opinion, the biggest loss opportunity for people who are going on podcast shows. Before we started recording, you asked me, hey, will you send this video out to me and let me um, break it up and we'll share it on social media? Well, we do that as well. And the more that gets done, the more both of us get hits. And yeah. it's so heartbreaking to me when I see people come on a show and then they don't promote it and they don't break it down into content. And it's not heartbreaking for me as the guest. It's heartbreaking for me or for me as the host. It's heartbreaking for me because I know they spent an hour of their time with me and they're not taking advantage of it because they're not yeah. using that stuff on the back end, right? Yeah, you know you're awesome. You're like, hey, I'm awesome. I'm, <laughs> you know, you're you're spending your time here. Sell. 
Right, exactly. Sell. And not That's for me, for you. Yeah, like, sell, sell, sell. Who was a friend of mine. Uh, I'm part of a lot of different groups, and this is like one networking group. He sent a message to the whole group. He's like, hey, we've got this great doctor on, and he's got this miracle, whatever, cream, whatever that he's selling. Um, but look, we're just going to get him on to ask questions. I'm not going to be selling anything to you guys. So I don't want you to be worried. And I wrote him back and I said, sell motherfucker, sell. Yeah. He said, what? I said, yeah, sell. If you're not selling me, that means you don't believe what it is, the message that you're getting out. It's so if, true. Yeah. People, people want to be sold on your product or service. People want to, they don't, they, people don't like people that are, that are assholes. So they don't want you shoving something down their throat. But if you are a bright dynamic person like yourself, Amber, Sell, learn yeah. how to sell. It is one of the most important skills of an entrepreneur. And in American culture, there's such a, a, a kind of a shady overshadow of like used car salesman sleaze that comes around the concept of selling. But yeah. the fact is we're sold a thousand times a day, a million times a day, and we don't even know it. And we because, don't care because what we we're care. sold helps our lives, right? Um, this was a huge lesson I had to learn, um, because I've avoided sales my whole life. And then you open a business and you're like, well, shit, what do I do now? Right. Um, and I had an event, I held my first live event and my business coach asked me, what's your offer going to be? And I said, but they're paying me like $2,500 to come here for the weekend. Like, I don't want to sell to them at that. I don't want them to feel sold. And she's like, Amber, you need an offer. And I'm like, I'm not doing it, not doing it. And so I didn't, I didn't, I brought them out here. We had this fantastic event. It was killer. And then I sent them on their way. And then like four months later, I'm seeing them in the groups of some of the speakers that I had at the event. And I'm like, Hey fuckers. And I'm like, I can't be upset with them. I didn't give them a next step. And these people did, right? Like we step back and we say, Hey, I don't want to sell. And then you get somebody that comes to your event and they're like, okay, what do I do next? And you're like, oh wait, I decided I wasn't going to tell you, right? Like I decided I wasn't going to tell you what to do next to make your life better. I'm just going to hold that to myself because I don't want to sell. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. You know, you gotta, you gotta remember either a, you're in the wrong business, right? You're selling something you don't believe in or something that you know is not the right thing for that person or you're doing them a disservice by not offering them this magnificence of you. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the store and bought some bullshit just because I like the person. Yeah. We buy from people that we like and you go out into the world, you work on yourself, you do personal development, you do all this stuff so that you can become an awesome fucking person. And people notice that and they are attracted to this energy that you bring into the world. And they're like, where do I sign up? Where do I buy? Like, what do I do? And if you're just like a little fucking mouse sitting in the corner, <laughs> you know, like squeak, squeak, you yeah, know, maybe I don't want to sell to you. You're doing them a disservice. You And, and what's more is you're doing yourself a disservice. It's true. So, so you got to get out there and you got to sell. Now there's other ways to do it. I teach uh, pull selling rather than push selling. Mm -hmm. We teach selling through story, selling through authority, selling through social proof. One of the most yeah. important things that that we teach people when they're on Amazon. Um, so 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 really, yeah, you know, it, it goes to that great film, uh, Glen Gary, Glenn Ross, with uh, God, uh, what was the guy's name? I forget the guy's name, but he's he's uh, he's he's one of the great actors of our time. 
you know, always be selling the ABCs of selling. Always yeah, be closing. Always you know? be selling. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting because there's a difference between like providing an offer and providing an opportunity. Somebody said to me once, I said, you know, I'm not sell I'm not getting the sales that I need for this course. And he's like, well, how many times did you give somebody an opportunity to buy from you today? And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm here, right? Like it, yeah, it just doesn't work. So it, yeah, it look, and part of it is like dating at the end of the day, it's a numbers <laughs> game, right? The more people you talk to, the higher the percentage of probability that you'll come with a compatible match. Which is why I love the no word that you said earlier today, because it's just as important when it comes to your time as it is being willing to hear it when you are talking to others at the same time. Like the moment you realize it's not a bad word, but I feel like we, you know, I don't remember what book I was reading, but I was reading this fascinating book that was like, as kids, we don't care about hearing the word no, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't bother us. And then we grow up and we're told like, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And no becomes this word that we're like afraid to hear. Yeah. And it's like, how do we, from how do we go back to that place when we were a kid where mom telling us that we couldn't do something wasn't going to make a difference in whether or not we actually got it done or not. Right. Like we were just going to find another way to do it. Yeah. Well, you get rejected, right? You get, you get smacked in the back of the head, right? You walk up to that pretty girl or, or, or guy and you say, so you put, put a, put, put your heart on the line and they refuse it and reject it. And then that comes into your impression of self-worth. And yeah. there's some people that are cut out for that. They're like next and they move on. <laughs> and there's other people that spend their whole lives in therapy. So yeah. you just have to become uh, as uh, Wayne Dyer, a great um, self-help author back in the old days would say uh, NLP a no limits person. Mm -hmm. You got to just, just pick yourself up. Understand we're human right? and we're susceptible to those things. People can hurt our feelings. People can hurt us physically, emotionally in all kinds of ways, but it's not, if you will be hurt, it's when and how you react to it when that happens. And if you allow that to make you resilient, if you allow that to make you tough, if you allow that to make you a better person, then you'll be one of those people who will be winning in life. But if you yeah. let it break you down, it's what, what do they say? There's a Latin saying, it's like, don't let the bastards grind you down. Yeah, that's what it's about. You get out there in the world and we expect things to go one way and things go another way. And then all of a sudden we're disappointed, but yeah. you, you can't let that get you down. The work that we do as entrepreneurs, as business people, as founders, as CEOs, it's not what we think. It's not going out there and making the product and selling. It's solving the tricky problems. Yeah. It's, it's dealing with the employee that's, that's, that's embezzled money. It's dealing with uh, the, the difficult customer who wants to move his account somewhere else. It's dealing with the difficult problem of, of how are we going to raise this next round of, of, of capital. That's the work. The work is the hard stuff. The work is what happens when you are put in a position that you did not expect and yeah. how you react to that. That's, that's what the work is. Oh my gosh. So amazing. I wish I could actually jump up and down right now, but I will cause feedback. So we're not going to do that. Um, the other side of this too, that I really want to highlight, because I think that this is one of the biggest problems people make when they start to um, break out or grow is they think they got to do it all on their own. And this is one of the things that I love about 
um, especially your podcast, Cola, but the other things that you're building as well is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always saw, um, podcast promotion companies as a shortcut between me and some of the biggest shows that I want to be on. Like they are building relationships with shows that would take me years and years and years to build. And I feel like this is the same way with, networking with the right people and knowing that you don't have to do this alone is like you shortcut your relationships with people as well to be able to meet the people that you need to meet to make the impact that you want to make. Has that been your experience as well? All right. So I live in a fairly affluent part of Los Angeles. There is a dude on my corner. Houses are at an all-time high. There is a dude on the corner who's decided to sell his $3.5 million home. It's a little bit of repair. It's still worth $3.5 bucks. And he's decided to do it himself. He's grumpy as fuck. He's put that sign out in front of his house for sale by owner. And he just waits. <laughs> and people come and they offer him less money than he expects. And he tells them to fuck off. And, and he has no idea about the process of sales. And, and at the end of the day, he, he tears the sign down and decides this is bullshit. The market's sinking. I'm not going to do this. Right? As opposed to the guy down the street from him who's got less of a lot, not as nice of a house, and definitely not the whole story that this guy has, but he got a broker, right? It's an agent with one of the big, big firms here in California. Those guys are bringing people in left and right. And last I checked, it went for many times over asking. So you got to ask yourself, do you want to be that old curmudgeonly dude for sale by owner? Or do yeah. you want to go to a professional? Look, they say, uh, uh, um, a, Professional is expensive, but an amateur costs a fortune. And you got to think about that because it's, it's the truth. When it comes to us representing ourselves, there's a reason why. You think you want Johnny Depp for your movie? You want uh, uh, Nicolas Cage for your movie? You think you're going to call him up? No, he's got an agent. There's a reason yeah. why, or, or, or several in the case of those guys, there's a reason why they don't represent themselves. And similarly, we should not be representing ourselves. And, and people know this. It makes you look unprofessional. The pool of, of shows that reach out to you are a lot less. And it's remarkably inexpensive to use a service. I mean, our service, I, I just tell everybody, the, the, the cost of it on a, on a, on a year-long contract is like 1497 bucks a month. It's unbelievable. If you look at the cost of... Publicists, most publicists charge between five to ten thousand bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So, and the ROI, if you're selling a high ticket course, if you're selling a high ticket service, you, you get one from one of these shows, mm -hmm. and it more than pays for for the service. So it's 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 really no reason, in my opinion, uh, for for anybody to try to go it on their own. It just yeah. it, it, it will be a bad look. What I love that you guys do different too, because whenever I'm looking at products and services, I'm always looking at what makes this different than everything else that's on the market. And the thing that I love that's different with you is that every other podcast promotion company that I've found charges per appearance instead of per month. And with you guys, you're sitting there saying the amount 
uh, value that you get out of this is directly tied to the amount of time that you give us. You know, there it's it's such a different approach. Yeah, yeah, we have an unlimited kind of like all you can eat philosophy. Uh, a lot of these these firms will throttle how many shows you get, and you'll get one or two a month or something like that. We'll book as many as you need. I had a client who was uh, an author. And he needed to get 100 in a month. And we were like, sure, let's do it. We love the challenge. And we got him the 100 in a month. He became a bestseller, Amazon bestseller, Wall Street Journal bestseller. He was crushing it, crushing it. And you guys can see these testimonials on our site or reach out to us. It's podcastcola.com. And anybody who wants to, you know, we do do a free 15-minute strategy session. If you want us to just look at your online digital profile and to give you some, some absolutely no-strings-attached advice to see if podcasts are right for you, Go to podcastcola.com and book a time. I love that. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. And I know that we've been chatting for a little bit about some amazing things. So I have one final question for you. I ask this of every single one of my guests. I think it is the least um, thought of consideration when people start a business. What does success mean to you? And how do you define that for yourself throughout your life? Great question. So to me, success is being able to do what I want with who I want, when I want, and how I want. That is the ultimate freedom. How do you, I guess, I know I said one last question, but I lied. How do you um, separate the things that you want to do versus the things that you know you need to do to get yourself to that point in the future? Instead, do you understand what I'm asking? Instead of that person's like, well, I don't want to do this, so I'm not going to do it knowing that that's exactly what they need to do to get them to where they want to be in the future. Yeah, look, in the early stage of things, before you have your FU money, you're going to need to do some things you don't like to do. And the more money you have, the less of those things you have to do. And it's just the way that things are. But we seek discomfort. That's what I teach people. You can't get too comfortable in life. And I constantly... Um, finding ways where I can improve myself. And, and this is what I do. I wake up in the morning, I take an ice bath. I don't like it. It feels like shit. It's, I mean, afterwards it feels great, but when you're doing it, it feels like you're going to die. That shit's cold. It doesn't feel great on mm-hmm. the body. It's not exactly a warm jacuzzi, but why do I do it? I do it because it builds discipline. And I know it's good for me. I know it reduces inflammation in the body. I know it gets me in the right mindset. So I shut my, shut my brain off, my monkey brain off, and, and I sit in that ice bath and you got to do those kinds of things in life. And like I said, if you don't have 10 grand of disposable income that you can burn tomorrow and be like, eh, I'll go make another, then you need Uber. You need to get out there and you need to find your side hustle, whatever it is, and create that revenue. Cause there is no freedom without financial freedom. It doesn't yeah. exist. I 100% agree with that. Um, Shane, it's been absolutely amazing having you on the show. I know that we have sprinkled it in throughout here just a little bit, but for anybody who wants to continue this conversation, reach out to you concerning anything that we've discussed today um, or just follow any of the opportunities that you have. What's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so if you guys want to learn more about me, check out my book, Billion, How I Became King of the Thrillpill Cult, Amazon, Audible, wherever books are found. You can check out our podcast, Hack and Grow Rich. It is available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. We do a weekly show with my host, Bart Baggett. Also, if you're interested in being featured on great podcasts, just like this one, 
Check us out at podcastcola.com and the link will be in the show notes. Additionally, if you guys want to take me up on that free offer of the $200 Amazon course, A to Z, everything you need to know about creating recurring revenue on the Amazon platform, reach out to me directly. It's darkzess at gmail.com, D-A-R-K-Z-E-S-S at gmail.com. And I am here to serve and support. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Amber. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that's sounds like something that you're interested in the name of that facebook group is success center head over there request to join and i look forward to connecting with you soon